WGNS Murfreesboro, W270AF Murfreesboro, W263AI Murfreesboro, Smyrna. The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Right now that time, 821, you're listening to WGNS again on this Wednesday morning, today the 16th of November. And this morning we have in studio Rutherford County Sheriff Deputies with the SRO Division. And our guests today include Scott Culp, a sergeant in the SRO Division at Central Magnet, and Dustin Cox, a sergeant also in the SRO Division at Thurman Francis. Well, how are both of y'all doing this morning? Doing great, Scott. Thank you. We're doing good. Well, good. I, and I guess starting off now, Central, that is a what? Middle school and high school? Yeah, we're 6 through 12, and it's a magnet school. Okay. And then uh, Thurman Francis, what, what grades are there? Uh, Thurman Francis is a uh, uh, K through 8 school. All right, K through 8. It's the last one, isn't it? It is the last one. It seems like uh, there's fewer and fewer families that move into Rutherford County who have kids that are in that elementary age bracket I, I guess because houses are getting more expensive they are getting more expensive i don't know if we're seeing a slowdown on our end but i could see but yeah the, i think most of our schools are pretty full definitely and, and what fifty thousand something students now in the county yes it's pretty crazy it's grown a lot over the last 10 to 15 years to doubled in that time so what's it like being an SRO here in Rutherford County? And, and for how long have each of y'all been SROs? Go ahead, Dustin. Um, I, I've been an SRO for 15 years. Um, I was born and raised in Smyrna, so I spent 100% of my working in, in Smyrna area. Um, then you've seen that growth firsthand. Absolutely. Even when I was a kid driving around, there's, I mean, you talk about Sam Ridley, Nissan, all that has grown so much and it used to be just wooded areas and uh little businesses and now it's just grown to the city of Murfreesboro is what i've always told people yeah it, it's just massive mm -hmm. and then what about central what what things have you seen there as far as growth and, and were you at other schools before that i was um this is my 22nd year um as an sro in the sheriff's office i started at barfield when it was still a k-8 and then Central or uh, Christiana Middle opened. That's when they opened up the middle schools and split most of the schools other than Thurman Francis. And so I went with Christiana Middle School, was down there. And then when Central Magnet opened, I followed Dr. Ash to Central Magnet School and, and opened that school with him. And then this is our 13th year there. Um, as far as changes, when I started, I was the 24th SRO. And now we, I think, just hired on our 60th. So, or so there's a lot of yeah. lot of expansion. So, what kinds of changes have you seen, really, in students over those years? Well, I remember when we started out, cell phones were still new, and so we were starting to deal with cell phones, and and you know, at that point, was still MySpace, and kids really didn't understand what that was. We didn't understand what that was, and you know, now it's a no one walks around without a device, and they're on social media constantly. The connections with their friends it's twenty four seven. I mean, that I would have never dreamt that that would happen, and these kids never are away from contact with their friends. 
friends. That's good and bad. At two in the morning, that's not a good thing. But um, yeah, it's twenty four seven. And that can impose a lot of problems too, because you've got folks out there who pose as kids who are not really kids who are interacting with kids that's right that's right we see that in the county um um, off and on that happens uh usually parents can deal with that pretty quick and if they get it quick it's usually not as big of a problem the sheriff's department's good the police department local law enforcement are good at tracking that down um especially with assistance from the state and the federal government um we get a lot of that tracked so yeah it, it does happen um the biggest thing we're dealing with, it seems like in the last couple of years is the because of social media and that access is the, um, I guess, vague threats. You know, kids find pictures online of, of somebody that has posted a picture and it could be three, four years ago of a threat to a school somewhere or just a picture of a gun and they can change just, you know, any phone. You can add words to any picture now. And, um, so they can add their school's names on there and then they send it out to their friends. Um, they can airdrop things, um, for whatever reason we found that, um, young adults, young kids, like when they have phones, they leave their airdrop up, which, you know, this is all technology that I can't believe I'm sitting here telling you that. Don't ask me how to turn it on and off. I have a wife for that, but, um, they, uh, they will sit there and they have their phone open to anybody that wants to drop them a message and, and they just get random messages dropped to them and it's it'll have the, a picture of a thread or something. Then they turn it to where it applies to their school and that seems to be our biggest thing right now. Us, um, I know the detectives are busy with it. We get tied up with it. And um, once it hits the social media pages with the adults, the parents, you know, they don't realize that this is something that we're dealing with on a daily basis. This is something that kids are just doing for whatever reason and so to them it's a real a real issue and a real threat and they treat it like that and then we have that panic and it creates a big mess for schools for days after that it seems like in the news we are always hearing about a threat against a different school you know not just here in rutherford county it's all over the country but you're hearing about threats made against schools about shootings that are you know, suggestions of a shooting, stuff like that. It, it happens all the time. Yeah. And, you know, when we were growing up, it was, uh, you know, somebody took your Matchbox car or something, you know, you give it back or I'm going to kill you. We never once intended on actually killing anybody. That was never a thought. And I think today a lot of these kids do the same thing. They talk that way online with each other. They're playing games with each other online. And, and where we would play games with our buddies when we spent the night with each other, they're playing games with people from around the world that they have no clue who they are. They know them by their their name on the game. And they are making these threats back and forth to each other, which, you know, one person may take it real because they have no clue who this person they're playing with. And so that opens up a whole new realm of accessibility and, and options. I don't know if it's just me, but it, it seems like we live in a more angry time than than when I was a kid growing up. I, I, it just seems everybody's anger level is a lot higher than what it used to be. Yeah, it, <laughs> that that's just the the world's changing and uh these parents have got to adjust um now i mean when i was a kid i was more afraid to go home um if if i got in trouble in school or i did something out i didn't want my parents to find out because i knew the consequences when i got home nowadays um a lot of parents are oh he's just a kid 
um, he made a mistake instead of handling at home. Um, I think that's the, that, that's just the, the world we live in now. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm older and I've got two kids and I'm I still be like, oh, I gotta go tell my mom and dad because I don't want them to be disappointed in me, uh, be mad at me. And I'm a grown adult. Um, but that's just the world we lived in then, and this, things have changed. It seems like after Columbine occurred and the shooting there, the mass shooting that took place there, everything changed. And we started hearing more and more about threats made at different schools and law enforcement started taking a lot closer of a look at at these threats being made. It definitely changed the way that we handled threats or the, the rumor of a threat. Um, even how we reacted to that, you know, I think last time we were here, we were talking about the, uh, the Uvalde shooting and the law enforcement reaction there. And, you know, I mentioned that, you know, we don't want an armchair quarterback, but obviously over time you can go back and research and figure out what happened, what worked well, what didn't work. And, um, you know, the confidence we have here is most of these guys, even the ones coming in have done this for years and, there is a large trust amongst our law enforcement here. Um, I think it's that way worldwide in law enforcement, but especially here, um, there's a difference in Tennessee and in Rutherford County, especially. Uh, I may not know the officer's responding's name, but I know when they're showing up, whether they're from the police department or or, um, the sheriff's department, that we have each other's back and we all have the same goal in mind. You know, it's, it's to preserve life and we're not going to wait. We're going in. We, I mean, that's how we train. There is no hesitation. There is no second reaction. It is your first reaction is to go to the threat and take care of the threat and eliminate the threat. And that's how we've all been trained for years. Now, while there are threats made on a regular basis, not just locally all over the nation, but when there are threats that are made, do you ever, I guess, do you differentiate between the different threats that are made and say, well, now this one, it's got a lot more behind it. This one right here looks a whole lot more realistic. This could actually happen as opposed to this one over here. It's probably not going to happen. And I know you investigate both, but do you get that hunch sometimes that this is a little more serious than another one? Yeah, absolutely. Some of it is depending on where it came from, where the source was. As soon as we can identify from the, 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 person that's complaining about it the person that brought it to our attention as soon as we can figure out where they saw it a lot of times that will give you an idea and one of the biggest things i like to do and i don't you know this is just me is the first time i hear about it and i see the picture is i will google and actually see if i can find that picture because a lot of times that picture is out there and it's been there for a while and it's just like i said the words changed something has changed with the picture but the picture is the same picture from a year ago two years ago and um a lot of them are coming from other counties you know schools with similar names are problems um i think we had one even at central last year we had one where it was a central high school and the threat came across that it was our central and it wasn't there's a central high school in almost every county in every state and so um but it was trying to determine you know you have to determine that it's not a valid threat first and you have to treat it like it could be until you know for sure that it's not when you learn about a threat and let's say that threat is not made to the public on social media instead it was from one cell phone to another one child texting another student are those types of threats the ones where it's between two different students texting each other are are those the ones that are 
more dangerous or, or uh, more likely to actually end poorly? Um, we, whether it's sent to student to student or if it gets out on social media, we, we try not to sit here and speculate on which one's more important. Um, we take all threats, uh, important, but, um, to answer that question, I don't, I don't know if we say that that's more important than the other ones. Um, that could be the reason why the SROs or a student approaches the SRO or, um, a teacher or admin immediately, than waiting five hours or the night, the day after. Um, a lot of times that's what happens is is it goes between people and people, two people, and if somebody tells us immediately, we can eliminate it from getting out any further. Um, if we wait overnight and the kid goes home and tells a parent at a home and they don't contact the school till the next day, that gives you more time for the, the threat to get out on social media to get out more people. So uh, I, don't, I don't think we sit here and determine that that one's more important or that was more uh, liable than the other threats. But uh, to add to that, the ones that are between one student and another student, it they're handy because one thing has stayed the same no matter what. Even when we were in school, there are going to be student conflicts. You know, we had fights um, when we were in high school. Um, everyone remembers wherever they were in school that there was there were conflicts between other students that became a big deal. But after it was over... You know, a week or two later, even looking back now, those people usually end up being friends or one moves away, something like that. So if it is a conflict between two students, even if it is a social conflict online or or texting or whatever through Snapchat or whatever face gram that they want to use, they we can get them together with the school. The schools can work with them, do a mediation, get together and work out. Usually the problems are pretty minor like they were when we were kids. It's over girls. It's over boys. It's over, you know, he said this about me or they said this about me or, or whatever. And those can be alleviated. It's the problems of students from one school to another school. You know, we've got kids because everyone's connected through different groups and different chat groups. And you've got a kid at that may be in Oakland that is fighting with a kid that may be at Laverne and they don't even know each other. They just know their names and they're online fighting and then their friends get to fighting and then other schools get involved because they're in that too. And so it's not just a localized conflict. It's, it becomes a bigger Again, we're talking with the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office this morning. School Resource Officers Scott Culp and Dustin Cox on air with us today and talking about, right here in Rutherford County, all the different changes that have transpired over the years. And, of course, the school system has grown exponentially. I mean, we've seen that growth not only in the schools, but, of course, throughout the different communities in Rutherford County as well. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think back. And when I was a student in, let's say, middle school, drugs like marijuana were really the biggest drugs that you heard about in, in school. Nowadays, you're hearing about crack, cocaine, methamphetamines. I, I mean, there's just a long list of drugs that you're hearing about that are being sold right here in Rutherford County and nearby Nashville, everywhere. So when it comes to drugs, what are you seeing within the schools? Uh, we we see just different different kinds. Uh, I mean, we're we're seeing new drugs now. Uh, we're seeing pills that are different. Um, um, I think I saw on uh, 
the news and social media, there's a new drug that looks like candy. Uh, and these kids are not, um, don't know what that is. I think it's candy and they're taking it and it, it's, you know, it's got stuff in there that can really, really harm you. Um, so we, we're seeing everything from, from marijuana down to pills um, in every school in the county, every high school in the county. Um, uh, so it, it's out there. Um, these students have to be aware of what's around them. Um, a lot of times we tell students uh, if you see something suspicious or you see something going happening in a, a high school in a restroom, um, to to go tell somebody. Um, we hear a lot, well, I don't want to uh, tattletale or snitch on somebody. Um, however, what's going to happen is if you don't tell somebody and that person that takes that drug um, uh, gets sick, um, uh, ends up in the hospital, you're really going to feel guilty about that because you're going to live saying that you could have prevented that. Um, so that's what we're trying to do in these high schools. We're trying to talk to these kids, um, advise them that um, you're going to feel better about yourself if you tell somebody. Um, us, We as SROs, uh, we don't go just saying names. Hey, well, Billy told me you was doing this. Um, we don't do that. We try to keep it as confidential as we can. Um, uh, we're here to protect these kids, and we're here to save that kid's life. So that's that's what we're trying to get to these kids now. Nationwide, there's been, of course, an opiate epidemic, and, and now uh, you're hearing more and more about people selling fentanyl as or marketing it, if you would, as a regular painkiller maybe they're saying it's it's oxycodone or something mm -hmm. but in reality it's a fake drug made with fentanyl which can lead to instant overdose uh, are you seeing some kids actually overdose in the schools um yeah we are yeah. um i know that um in the adult world it's a, a major problem um i know the jails had problems with it the uh, the police departments the county has you know um we all have narcan on us at any time just to try to recover these people um but we are seeing it in the school and you know the the kids that are looking into doing these kinds of drugs are the same they're the same kind of drugs that the people on the street the the adults that are having these problems are are using and the kids are getting a hold of them and it is it is happening it is it's not as frequent as on the street but there are kids that um where ambulances are getting called to the schools um on occasion to transport these kids that have ingested something um you know they the vaping has been big for the last several years and they're buying these cartridges for their vapes from other people because they can get them cheaper and they don't have to worry about being 18 to get them in the stores. And when they're getting them, they've, you know, they're handmade, they're homemade and they've got different things in them. And, and they are running into things where, you know, kids are, kids are getting these things and it's, it's very, very dangerous. It's not just like I'm, you know, I think a lot of people that don't vape or aren't around the technology believe that it's better than smoking cigarettes it's just it's steam it's no big deal it's you know even if it has nicotine they don't realize that these how these people are making these and what they're putting in them i guess the the other problem with the whole vape is that you've got some kids who are vaping drugs of some kind be it marijuana or, or something else i don't know what else has has been released that's in some of the vapes the most common is thc I mean, they'll put the THC oil in the vape and rather than, you know, lighting up a, a 
marijuana cigarette, a joint in the bathroom, they're, they're hitting on these vapes and, and they are, I mean, that's where we're seeing a lot of the problems coming from the drugs at this point. So the kids are coming back to class high and, and they're getting high off of vapes filled with THC. That's correct. It's hard to believe all the changes that have been made over the years. I, I mean, it really is, at least for somebody in my age group, and, and if you guys were not law enforcement, I'm sure you would think to yourself, it, this is next to impossible to even believe. I remember, you know, it's been 31 years I've been doing this, and, and I remember when I started the old guys telling me that, you know, they it seems like every time we get a step ahead, they invent something different to, to put them one step ahead. And, you know, looking back at it now, it's the same game. It's just technology is moving so fast that it's all we can do to just stay ahead or keep up with what to look for next is alcohol even in the picture anymore because i hear so little about teenagers and underage drinking these days uh, i mean it's still there um however it's not as um it's not as big as the thc um the vapes are the biggest thing right now um we don't see very rare in cases do we see alcohol in schools uh, you'll have some kids show up to school um drinking or drink before they showed up to school and, and you can see they're they're under the influence when they get to school uh, but that's on rare now now they're going straight to the the vapes um we're seeing more vapes with thc than uh, because they know they can hide it a little easier um, the smell um, it's not as if you come to school drunk uh, you're going to have that smell to you and it's easier to to know who's been doing that um, but no i even when I was at Smyrna High School about 12 years ago, we used to have a couple of kids that show up that were drunk at 8 o'clock in the morning. Um, we don't have that issue much anymore. Um, very rare occasions. Again, we're talking with school resource officers in Rutherford County, Scott Culp and Dustin Cox. And in just a second, if you have any questions for us, all you have to do is text those in 615-893-1450. Again, we'll take your text 615-893-1450. Time right now, 843. We're going to take a short break and then we'll be right back. We're broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios. Middle Tennessee Electric, your power supply since 1936. This is Peter Demas inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas's Restaurant. With cold and flu season here, nothing helps my family more than having the Demas's baked chicken and rice soup. It was a soup that was created by my grandmother, and we not only sell it by the cup, but we also sell it by the quart, by the half gallon, and by the gallon. So stop by any time today and bring soup to your family that may be sick or a friend that's in sick, or just to enjoy it just because it tastes so good. Demas's Restaurant. Paid for by Christian Care Ministry. Let's see, if something costs less but people are happier with it? That sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. 
Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 855-51-BIBLE. That's 855-51-BIBLE. 855-51-BIBLE. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. We're going to get into our routine with Daily Tennessee Jackpot. You got a dollar? Let's have some fun with it. Let's get those numbers going. How many are we picking? And one. And two. And three and four and five. Let's go. All of us Tennesseans are having fun now. Let's play and play. Work out a win with drawings every day when you play Daily Tennessee Jackpot. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. What makes Amazon Pharmacy Amazon Pharmacy? There's transparent pricing, so you know what you'll pay before you pay it. And Prime members can save up to 80% on prescriptions. Pharmacists can answer all your questions and can even transfer your prescriptions for you. All of this delivered directly to your door. It is Amazon Pharmacy. After all, save time, save money, stay healthy. Learn more at Amazon.com slash sports 22. That's Amazon.com slash sports 22. Average savings based on usage and inside RX data as compared to cash prices. Average savings for all generics are 78%, 37% for select brand medications. Restrictions apply. If you want to experience the unmatched flavor of live fire grilling, then look no further than the Big Green Egg. Forget the pellets, the propane, the knockoffs. Roll with the best, an authentic Big Green Egg grill backed by a free lifetime warranty. Yeah, lifetime. It's that good. Grill, roast, smoke, or bake. It's versatile, easy to light, and simple to use. Shop online for free home delivery at BigGreenEgg.com. That's free home delivery to your door. Let your grilling adventure begin. Visit BigGreenEgg.com. We're talking with Carol Johnston, a resident at Adams Place. They're very professional. I've gotten attached to some of the RNs, and they try to do everything they can to help you with your need, whatever you're needing at a time. It's a great place. Very homey, I feel like it's home. So I'm very happy here. I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adams Place, located at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. Broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios, MTE supplies power to the station's 328-foot tower in downtown Murfreesboro. MTE, serving to make life better since 1936. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Right now that time, 848. Again this morning, talking about the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office and the school resource officers and their role within the local school system. And we have with us Scott Colt and Dustin Cox and once more, both of you have been school resource officers for how many years? I know one of you said 28 years? No. 24 years. Feels like it. 20. 100 years. <laughs> yes. Yes, this morning it did feel like 100 years. Um, no, I'm on my uh, 22nd year. And I'm on my 15th year as an SRO. Okay. And again, over that time period, it's safe to say that you have seen a lot of changes within not only our community, but within the different schools. Yeah, mostly technology, but overcrowding and, and the population yeah. has, has really boomed. Technology, it seems like 
it's caused so many problems out there. And I know it has served a lot of good, but it's also caused a lot of problems within our schools from kids not paying attention in class and, and being on their phone to threats being made and, and cyberbullying. Yeah, I mean, cyberbullying is a big issue. Um, and, and not only does it take effect where they use their phones during school is uh, a lot of kids are staying up late at nights, um, two, three in the mornings on their phones, uh, uh, Snapchatting their friends, um, getting on Instagram, making TikToks at one, two in the morning. Um, and then they come to schools and it's affecting their, uh, their job as a student to come and learn because they're so tired because they stayed up all night long. And I think it's, you know, we kind of downplay as a society. I know I do. Most adults that I know do as far as the addiction to the technology, the devices. Um, that's something that over the last five, six years I've noticed with kids that when, when they have done something and you're talking to them to try to get them to put their devices down, is and I'm not a teacher. I don't, you know, that's a whole different ball game. And even parents at home, I know they deal with they they're always on their device. And when we do get those devices or or we're talking to them and and they have to put it down, you know, I've had some good conversations with some of our high school kids about that they know they're addicted to it. It's, you know, every every time they're awake, they've got to check the device. And we, we fall into that trap too, you know, mm-hmm. work and friends and, and spouses are always, you know, everything's right there handy, which is convenient. But at the same time, you're never away from that device. And I think that's a problem. Now, when it comes to cyberbullying, and we've seen this again nationwide, we've seen it locally, it pushes some kids to the point of suicide. And that's that's something that's not talked about a whole lot, but yet it seems like it should be talked about even more to hopefully educate and, and maybe even slow down some of those issues. And, and that is true. You know, anytime, you know, suicide in schools with teenagers, that's not a new issue, but it's that same, you know, I mentioned it earlier about access to friends and, and classmates and, and constant. And so, you know, when we were in school, if you got picked on or teased or even bullied, it was during a certain time. And it was usually on the playground or at lunch or in the bathroom that you had to be particularly on guard. Now it's all the time. And the kids can't put that phone down. They can't put the device down. They can't put the the pad or whatever they're on down because they may miss something. And so at the same time, they're getting bullied and so it's they're around it all the time they can't get away from it and where parents not stepping in or or people that see it happening if you don't catch it it could happen for years and no one know during the entire covid pandemic from the start of it to the middle of it we saw a lot of job loss we we saw a lot of families their income went from whatever it was and then dropped by 50% uh, almost overnight. And it created even more issues, I think, for a lot of school students who are now in poverty when before they weren't. Before they may have been living, you know, their family paycheck to paycheck, but they're not even doing that anymore. So with that being said, are there a lot more kids who are 
living in poverty who are needing help from others and, and now coming up to Christmas, are they needing or do you see more kids who need help with things like Christmas, more families who are in need of help? Oh, absolutely. We see that in every school. Um, uh, a, a lot of kids need help getting school supplies. Uh, a lot of kids need help getting school clothes. Um, you know, living in Tennessee, when it gets really cold, it gets cold. Um, a lot of kids don't have jackets. Um, so we see that in schools, and, and the schools are very good. Uh, the guidance counselors are very, very good about um, having a list of students that are in need. Um, and the schools, every school in this county, uh, I can vouch that says that they help every student in their school uh, that needs it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I can see it, it going down and kids are need assistance. Even parents need assistance. Parents can't afford the food. Um, uh, and I know during COVID, uh, the Rutherford County Schools, they fed all the parents during the, while they were home. Um, they came to school and picked up a box of food. Um from the school so that helped them um, but we're still we're, we're still not up there and the parents are still struggling today um, but yes there is a lot of help that they can get from churches um, you know there's a lot of places that these parents can get help from is the annual shop with the sheriff program is it more popular today than let's say seven eight years ago uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's still the same. We uh, There's parents that, that love it. There's kids that are excited about it. Um, I know from experience when you go tell a kid that um, when we do shop with the sheriff, uh, you you get the opportunity to shop with the sheriff. And their first question, well, I get to shop with you? Oh, man, it's so cool to get to go with the SRO of my school. Seeing that on a student's face is, is why we do the shop of the sheriff. It's, it's not for anything else but seeing the joy of that student that not only you get to go buy whatever you want to, but man, you get to be with that police officer and uh, the elementary kids. That's all they, that that's just lightens up their day. And, and as an SRO seeing a smile on a kid's face during that event, it's, it's worth every day that I go to work. And when is this year's shop with the sheriff program? And are some kids still in the process of enrolling to be a part of it? So, yes, the, um, we do have a event coming up at all the Toots location in Murfreesboro. Uh, that's all three Toots locations um, on December 6th. Um, so December 6th from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., uh, we do a special event. Um, you'll have officers at every Toots location in Murfreesboro, and uh, they walk around your tables. Uh, they talk to you, uh, and then we have envelopes on the tables. And that is your way of donating uh, to our event so we can take these kids shopping with us. Um, so on that night, if you're figuring out what you want for dinner, uh, uh, moms don't want to cook tonight or dads don't want to cook tonight, let's go get something to eat. Um, go to Toots. Uh, I, I tell it, seeing these officers go by and getting these envelopes with uh, money in them, and that money goes straight, strictly to Shop of the Sheriff uh, that's held on December 10th. And I know you, you mentioned just a second ago about how the guidance counselors at each school, they're very aware of, you know, what students are in need, what students may not be in need. But you work with those guidance counselors in putting together that list of students who are going to be a part of the Shop of the Sheriff program, right? Yes, we do. We, um, to, to be, to get involved in the shop of the sheriff um we try not to 
choose a student who has um, another assistance. Um, if they're getting help, assistance from a church, we try to get a student that has received no assistance whatsoever. Um, so we will get the SROs get with the guidance counselors and come up with a list on students who are in need uh, help for Christmas. Um, and we go through that list and figure out which one best fits to go shop with the sheriff. Um, there may be a student that really, really needs it, but they're getting multiple assistance from somewhere else. Um, we hate to choose that kid too to get you know, their third assistant when we have one kid that has zero assistance. So we get together, we, we come up the list and, uh, and then that's how we make a decision on who gets to do the shop of the sheriff event. Now, sadly, middle school and high school, it's almost like a daily popularity contest where kids are trying to outdress each other. Mm-hmm. They're trying to outshine each other in some way, drive a better car, look as if their life is better than everyone else's. How do you go about keeping those who do need help and then giving them help. How do you keep that anonymous? Um, we also do an event, um, actually, uh, thanks to uh, S.R.O. Truby, who decided that we, we do stuff for the elementary kids, but what do we do for the middle school, high school kids? Um, we can't leave them out. Um, so he started a program last year, uh, which we raised funds to take these high school kids uh, to go shopping um, in the fall for clothes. Um, with the help of Dillard's in Murfreesboro, um, a lot of these high school students got the opportunity to go shop with the sheriff again. Um, but it's strictly for clothes for them, for them to, I hate to say that word, but them to act like, or feel like they fit in with the population at school about what they wear. Um, so we had that event, um, a couple months ago, uh, where the SROs at that high school got to choose a kid that needed assistance met at Dillard's, shopped around for clothing. So we, we try to help every grade level uh, in Rutherford County. I didn't realize it, but we're already out of time. So if anybody listening wants to get involved, if they want to help out, if they want to donate money for the Shop of the Sheriff program, what do they need to do? So um, show up at Toots, um, the Murfreesboro locations, on December 6th from 5 until 7. Um, SROs, um, officers will be there walking around, meet and greet, ask questions. Um, great time to meet everyone. If you can't get out that night, um, I know that on the Sheriff's Department's Facebook page, we'll have a QR code. Talk about that technology. That's that breaking technology for us. And so all you'd have to do is scan that code. And um, I think it takes you to the Sheriff's Department's um, um, QR account where you can donate money there. Um, so it, it's, there's all kinds of ways to, to donate to it, but donations are obviously welcome. That is how we hopefully we'll take 30 to, you know, plus or minus kids this year shopping and, and get that taken care of. So, and thanks to everyone for your donations. Again, with us this morning, SRO Scott Culp and Dustin Cox with the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. We will put this entire show Uh, online wgnsradio.com it'll be a podcast we'll post that in just a little while time again right now nine o'clock you're listening to wgns we're broadcasting from the middle tennessee electric studios middle tennessee electric supplying the good neighbor station with power to our 328 foot tower middle tennessee electric proudly powering your community